Despite the high level of harassment from Nicaraguan government and supporters of the regime since 2018, this year is the first time that a priest has been in prison. Hello and welcome to the USERF Spotlight podcast, a weekly podcast series by the United States Commission on International Religious Freedom, where we take a deep dive into religious freedom conditions around the world, breaking the situation down for you. Each week, we focus on a different country, region, or topic. Not only do we analyze and explain the religious freedom situation to our listeners, but we also make policy recommendations to the United States government in order to address the immense challenges we bring to light here. Now here is the host of our show, USERF Director of Outreach and Policy, Dwight Bashir, to lead today's discussion. Welcome to USERF Spotlight. Today we're going to discuss deteriorating religious freedom conditions in Nicaragua. When protests started in the country in April uh, 2018 against reforms to the public pension system, Catholic clergy in Nicaragua provided aid and sanctuary to and also voiced support for the protesters. As a consequence, President Daniel Ortega used his government and supporters to persecute members of the clergy, worshipers, and various Catholic organizations. Now, USERV has recommended Nicaragua for inclusion on the State Department's special watch list uh, since 2020, but the Nicaraguan government has significantly intensified its oppression of the Catholic Church uh, this year alone. Last month, USERF released a country update on Nicaragua documenting religious freedom conditions so far in 2022. The country update touched on two main topics, the persecution of clergy and the elimination of church-affiliated organizations. To talk about USERF's new country update and provide an overview of the situation for the Catholic Church in Nicaragua, we have with us Zach Uden, a researcher here at USERF who covers religious freedom in Latin America, and who is the author of our recent report on Nicaragua. Zach, welcome back to USERF Spotlight. Thanks, Dwight. Very, very happy to be here. Now, why don't we start with, it would be great if you could provide uh, our audience with some context regarding the discrimination, persecution of Catholic clergy over the past few years, and what are some of the ways in which uh, the Ortega regime has put pressure on clergy this year? Sure. So, in the multi-year wake of the 2018 protests, Nicaraguan authorities uh, harassed and intimidated clergy in several ways. Uh, police would monitor the movements of high-profile clergy. They would record sermons in churches. Uh, they would cancel the visas of foreign-born uh, priests. They, um, there was pretty significant hate speech um, especially from President Daniel Ortega and his vice president and wife, uh, Rosario Murillo. And um, those th- that hate speech sort of took the, took the form. They would call them uh, sons of the devil. They would call them terrorists, murderers. Um, and there were also death threats against clergy uh, from mostly non-state actors, you know, supporters of uh, the Ortega regime. Now, this year... Um, at the beginning of the year, the papal nuncio, a man named Valdemar Summertag, uh, he, the papal nuncio is the, basically the, the ambassador from the Vatican. So the papal nuncio was, he had his um, credentials taken away by the government and um, he was, he was for, basically forced out of the country um, because of that. Uh, 
uh, he was his role of, of dean of the diplomatic corps was taken away, and and yeah, as I said, he was expelled from the country. So the the nuncio in the past, you know, he was somebody who worked with the government and the Catholic Church on the national dialogue. Um, he also advocated for political prisoners. So in a way, there was sort of a tense relationship um, between the nuncio and the government. Also this year, police heavily surveilled two priests. In both cases, the police would surround their churches. Uh, one of the priests, uh, his name is Bishop Ro Rolando Alvarez. Um, he subsequently went on a hunger strike during that time uh, to sort of, you know, the protest the, the treatment against him. And uh, there, they, there was a priest named Father Manuel Salvador Garcia, who was sentenced to four years in prison on spurious charges uh, stemming from an alleged assault and threats with a deadly weapon. And another priest was arrested under different but uh, suspicious circumstances. So these, th these things are kind of building in momentum. So, you know, on that, uh, you, you've mentioned a number of cases here. What, what is the significance and is, what do you see as terms of the pattern here of these recent arrests and, and uh, prison sentences of clergy that we've been seeing proliferate this year? What's, what's behind it now that, you know, was not as intense as it, uh, over the past few years? Well, dis despite the high level of harassment from Nicaraguan government and supporters of the regime um, since 2018, this year is the first time that a priest has been imprisoned by the regime. The, 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 the father that I was telling you about um, who was sentenced to four years in prison. This is the very first time that's happened. Um, specifically in the case of Bishop Alvarez, uh, the, the police recently announced an investigation into the bishop uh, for allegedly, and this is quote unquote, allegedly organizing criminal groups and encouraging them to carry out acts of hate against the population. This is sort of significant because uh, Nicaragua has pretty stringent terrorism laws, so there's worry that uh, priests could be susceptible to these laws. Also, uh, earlier this year, the National Assembly, they, um, they sort of adopted a report that would, that, that recommended these sorts of prosecutions against priests who, you know, helped uh, the protesters in 20, in uh, 2018, you know, as people who are against the government and, and organizing these criminal groups. These are things that the, the report recommended. Um, at the time of the publication of the country update, Bishop Alvarez was under de facto house arrest, along with eight others, um, some priests. And uh, as I said, Alvarez, he's, he's, a, he's an outspoken critic of the government uh, for many years for their human rights abuses, authoritarianism, and so it, it really seems like the government is, is specifically targeting opposition voices within the Catholic Church. They have been targeting political opposition before, but now it's moved, now it's moved on to the church. Okay, yeah, no, that makes some sense. Uh, one thing I also want to touch on, as you well know, in this year's annual report uh, on Nicaragua, uh, you noted the closure of an, of an evangelical Protestant uh, television station in, in November of last year, after the leader of the channel challenged the results of the presidential election and denounced uh, electoral irregularities. But there's also been a notable uptick in media, in media station closures this year affecting the Catholic Church. Can you tell our audience about the situation affecting these uh, kind of media, uh, uh, television, radio outlets, and some of the worrying events surrounding these kinds of closures? 
Yeah, absolutely. So in May of this year, the uh, the Nicaraguan Institute of Telecommunications and Postal Services, which I will call Telcor, um, it, they ordered the removal of uh, the Episcopal Conference of Nicaragua's uh, Catholic Channel. It was it's called the Catholic Channel. It was run by the Episcopal Conference. Um, they ordered the removal. And they started airing, the government started airing its own sort of Nicaraguan government national propaganda from that network. Um, now, the interesting thing is that network was actually one that um, Bishop Alvarez had a hand in operating. And this, this shutting removal of the, of the channel was done while Bishop Alvarez was on his hunger strike, um, you know, with his church surrounded. So, you know, there, there might, there may be, there certainly may be a connection there. And um, at the beginning of August, Telcor, that same institute, closed seven radio stations operated by the Catholic Church. Uh, they gave sort of bogus reasoning for, for the closures. Uh, maybe, you know, their licenses or their, their funding information was out of date. Uh, but um, police in a town called Sebaco, uh, was uh, the police forcibly entered the church uh, there to seize broadcasting equipment. Um, once parishioners found out about this, they came down to the church and were sort of protesting and, and, and checking the situation out. Uh, police fired shots in the air and tear gas towards the parishioners, um, while at the same time, the priest of the church and some of the parishioners uh, became locked in or locked themselves in the parish house of the church while police occupied the building for several days. They had little access to food and water. Um, now, as of now, they've been let out, but it's certainly still a very worrying situation. Yeah, very worrying indeed. And along with the, these media outlets, can you tell us what sorts of church-affiliated organizations and charities uh, the Ortega regime is also targeted. And what are some of the reasons the, give, the government's been giving uh, for revoking uh, their legal status? So the, the National Assembly, which is basically, you know, basically the Nicaraguan Congress, uh, the National Assembly revoked the legal status of a Catholic university um, and several parochial schools, an agricultural institute, a cultural association, a justice and peace commission, the local Caritas chapter, uh, which is like a Catholic charity. Um, and all of those closures uh, were in one Northern city. Now the National Assembly is, is pretty well known to be beholden to the Ortega regime. Um, the, the government said they failed to, these organizations failed to disclose financial details and perhaps illegally profited off their legal status. Um, but perhaps most infamously, uh, a couple weeks ago, the regime canceled the legal status of a group called the Missionaries of Charity, uh, which is an order that was founded by Mother Teresa many years ago and has operated in Nicaragua since 1988. Uh, the Missionaries of Charity branch in Nicaragua, they ran a children's nursery, they ran a home for abused and abandoned girls, they ran a nursing home. Um, it was done with the same sort of perhaps bogus reasoning, you know, allegedly they had failed to disclose the origin of their funding, um, in line with the law, law number 977, which is the law against money laundering, 
financing terrorism and the financing of the proliferation of weapons of mass destruction, which kind of points to maybe the um, the weirdness of this occasion. Uh, and on top of all of this, they forced the nuns to leave the country. They bust them to uh, the Costa Rican border. Um, and, and, and you can find pictures online of that happening. Now, all of, all of this, uh, the shuttering of the Catholic churches, it's not just, or sorry, Catholic church organization. It's not just, uh, religious organizations that are being shuttered. There have been over a thousand NGOs shuttered by the Ortega regime, um, in recent years. Uh, it's just a very worrying, uh, trend for civil society in, uh, Nicaragua on top of a worrying worrying trend for the Catholic Church. Yeah, a lot of things going on, and clearly, anyone who dissents uh, with uh, the regime uh, is a target. Um, you know, as I mentioned in the beginning, um, we just published a country update on August 10th uh, that you authored uh, on developments in the first half of 2022. But given the pace of developments uh, here, it seems. Are there some other uh, updates that you'd like to share uh, now, given, uh, you know, since the uh, update was published? Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you said, the, the pace the pace of events on the ground seem to be quickening. Um, you know, we released the country update in mid-August. Uh, since then, um, there have been two sort of big events. One, um, police very publicly banned uh, an important Catholic procession that was to take place in Managua. Um, and instead of, in, in, instead of, in, instead of that procession taking place, the, the local clergy, uh, decided to ask their parishioners to, um, either, you know, pray in their own houses or, or go to the local church instead of partaking in that, um, in that procession. And, um, the other events, has been um, you know, following the two-week de facto house arrest of Bishop Alvarez with those other priests um, uh, in his church. Uh, police finally, they, they arrested him and the others that were with him. They, I, be, I believe there were five priests and three parishioners. Um, they finally arrested him and brought him to the Capitol in you know, yet another sign of the escalation of the campaign against the Catholic Church. So we're, we're going to, you sir, we're, we're going to keep an eye on, on this Bishop Alvarez situation because it is, as I said, it is very worrying and um, certainly a, a heightening of the dangers for the Catholic Church there. Yeah, so a lot going on, obviously. Um, so in your mind, what can the U.S. government do? What has USERF recommended as far as uh, a policy response to these uh, deteriorating conditions in Nicaragua? Well, it's hard. Um, sometimes it seems hard to be able to make um, any movement, positive movement in, in Nicaragua because of the fraught relationship between the two governments. Um, in terms of what USERF recommends, we have four recommendations in our annual report. The first is for uh, the State Department to maintain Nicaragua on its special watch list for engaging in or tolerating severe violations of religious freedom. Uh, the second is to impose targeted sanctions on Nicaraguan government agencies and officials responsible for severe violations of religious freedom. 
there have been uh, a number of sanctions put on Nicaraguan individuals and government agencies uh, over the years, but none have been specific, uh, specifically for religious freedom violations. The third is for the US government to collaborate with and encourage multilateral organizations, such as the Organization of American States, to monitor and investigate these religious freedom violations that occur in Nicaragua and work to identify the perpetrators and tolerators of these violations. And I think that that is especially important with this escalation um, of persecution of the church that we've seen over this year. Um, and then the last one finally is to the US Congress. Uh, it's just to continue to raise human rights and democracy concerns in Nicaragua and bring attention to religious leaders and organizations silenced by the Ortega regime. And now that happens, you know, there are we there are partners in Congress who worry very much about the situation in Nicaragua. I imagine that that number can only improve, uh, it, you know, increase um, with these recent events. Um, so I, I, I do hope to see some um, some chatter about that on the Hill and maybe maybe some uh, events or hearings. Well, we'll have to leave it uh, right here. I want to thank uh, Zach Uden, uh, Yusuf researcher covering uh, religious freedom in Latin America, for joining us today and sharing his insights into the uh, worsening situation uh, in Nicaragua, particularly for religious freedom. You can find our latest uh, reporting on Nicaragua, as uh, Zach represents our policy recommendations on our website. As always, thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next time on USERV Spotlight. To learn more about USERF and about global religious freedom concerns, visit usurf.gov. That's U-S-C-I-R-F gov. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at U-S-C-I-R-F. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week for another USERF Spotlight.